America's Desert Diaries. Hello. Arizona calling. Well, this week has been interesting. Did you see the presidential debate? Yeah. Unfortunately, so did I. Summed up by the smallest child. Why do those old men just sound like babies having a fight? (laughs) I'll just leave that there for you. Also this week, I failed to get on a boat. I was really looking forward to a bit of time out of the city and a friend had invited us to join him and his family on a boat on Bartlett Lake. Now the lake's about an hour from Phoenix, depending on where you live in the valley of course, and it's formed by the damming of the Verde River, one of the big rivers that run around here. Uh, It happened in the 1930s and was named after Bill Bartlett, a government surveyor. It's not bad, is it? Getting a whole lake named after you. You can rent these huge pontoon style boats for the day and chug off exploring the inlets of the lake fishing if you fancy or as we plan to do swimming and eating a picnic we'd loaded up the ice box and then my friend called he'd nearly arrived at the lake when he'd had a call from the marina who themselves had had a call from the forestry commission as i picked up the phone he said to me england doesn't catch on fire much does it <laughs> but arizona does Yep, a huge forest fire had sprung up and was approaching the lake with alarming speed, so everything had been shut down. Now, forest fires, as I've talked about, because I saw some earlier on, if you remember in the year when I was driving through up to Payson, it's not unusual for earlier in the summer or in the height of summer, but we haven't had a monsoon this year. In fact, Phoenix has had an inch of rain. That's it. Since summer started, an inch of rain only. It's one of the driest years on record. And fires are still springing up all over the place. So it was really disappointing not to get on that boat. But I did feel for the firefighters who had a tough few days ahead of them again. There was much celebration this week, however, as la la la, the girls, for the first time since March, went to school. Can I get an amen? (laughs) March. The last six months have been, how can I put this in a typically understated British way? Quite tricky. Uh, My eldest has managed to see a couple of friends a couple of times as she has, a whole other story, taken up skateboarding. But the little one has seen none of her friends for six months. Six months of her parents and homeschooling. It's enough to drive you mad, eh? It only occurred to me the night before that they hadn't tried on their school uniform for six months. (laughs) But phew, my method of buying everything three sizes too big definitely paid off. It all still fitted, yes. It's quite weird to get back into the uniforms, pack lunches, where are your shoes? What do you mean you've got swimming today and you've only just told me? Ah, that kind of routine. But once they were out of the house, oh, oh, it's lovely. Perhaps the biggest moment of the week came when we went to buy some shoes. (laughs) So far, so normal, right? Now, Dave likes to tromp up a mountain most days with the dog and his hiking boots have been glued together more times than I've squealed at scorpions. So as we were driving around to get some groceries in, we spotted a huge store that said outdoor footwear and clothes, sports, leisure and camping supplies. Ooh, we went in. Man alive. (laughs) You know... Much of the time, American culture is really familiar to me. No doubt, like you, I grew up on TV shows like The A-Team and Cheers and Friends and Chips and Happy Days and all these sort of things. And so the diners and the wide open roads and the bars, I mean, they aren't what I grew up with in England, but they're not alien to me. But then something happens that makes you stop and go, oh, yeah. This is a very, very different country in so many different ways. 
So the first thing we see in this store is a mannequin in full camouflage gear, head-to-toe camouflage with a bright orange fluorescent vest on. So I make the old joke, does he want to be seen or not? (laughs) And then I stop laughing because my mouth's just open wide. Every inch of the wall in what is essentially JD Sports is covered in the heads of stuffed dead animals. (laughs) Bobcats, deer, wolves, a hippo. Yeah, really, a hippo, that native Arizonan creature. Javelinas that are kind of like the wild boars. I mean, you name it, they've killed it. And it's on the wall. It's quite the sight. Now, there were so many different types of camouflage outfits as well out there, including really teeny ones for children. And I couldn't help but think, why are you taking a small child hunting? But let's just think practically for a minute. You might be able to hide them away by dressing them in camo, but what toddler's going to stay quiet while you're trying to stalk some animal? Anyway, these little kiddies hunting outfits were right next to the large array of National Rifle Association (laughs) T-shirts that had slogans like, in an emergency, call 1911 instead of 911 because it had a picture of a 1911 pistol on there. There were lots of Land of the Free slogan T-shirts with just loads of guns all over them and never come between a man and his family with pictures of more guns so i was sensing a theme here and then i saw the knife counter now if you pop into millets in england which is kind of like the equivalent i suppose of this shop you'll find a selection of swiss army knives maybe the old bantam knife that sort of thing what was on display here was a veritable armory i am not sure stanley searching for livingston through the dense jungles of tanzania would have needed half of what was on display here i have never seen quite so much weaponry in one place you know when police have the armistice the knife armistice and then they show a haul of what people have handed in it was kind of like that really i've never seen anything like it until i saw the queue the actual queue for the gun counter Now, I think it's really hard to explain to some Americans the effect that guns have, not just on me, but loads of British people, actually. Guns aren't part of our lives. You don't see guns around unless you're a farmer or you go grouse shooting, which, of course, you can now do in groups of more than six. But you don't ever see a gun. Generally, you don't touch a gun. You don't see guns in shops where you can also buy water bottles and sleeping bags. There were more guns in front of me now in what was essentially a a go-outdoors store than I've ever seen. And the line of people, what did they all need them for? Now, I don't want to get all judgy, but looking at the people in that line, none of them looked particularly outdoorsy like they were about to go hunting to bring a deer home for their tea. And the weapons they were buying... Well, they didn't look like they were about to go hunting and bring a deer home for their tea. And this is a part of American culture. It's a real subculture. But I just don't get. Why did this man need a bloody great massive semi-automatic AR-15 rifle? I mean, I just, just don't understand it. The girls had their mouths wide open. (laughs) One One turned around to me very loudly and said, Why are all these people buying all these guns? ridiculous and I said should we go and look somewhere else for the hiking boots so we headed for the door and came face to face with what was called and there was a big notice above it the bragging board now this was a huge display of photos that I presume shoppers of this store had sent in of themselves smiling with joy and pride as they posed next to an animal or animals that they had just shot (laughs) it was singularly the most bizarre 
display and really quite graphic. The nine-year-old was going, oh, look at all the blood. You can actually see the bullet holes. I mean, and this was in a shop. This is in an actual shop. I'm not quite sure what these people had to brag about. If they'd wrestled that massive deer to the ground with their bare hands, I'd say, okay, you've achieved something. But come on, it's not exactly a fair fight, is it? So many of these pictures were of young kids. Kids the age of my girls, beaming as they held the bloody bodies of their prey. It's just bizarre. It felt like I wasn't in a shop that was in a regular strip mall with a supermarket next door. It felt like I was in some kind of museum or a movie set. Now, some people love golf, right? I I don't feel that passion, but I can understand on a fundamental level why people get excited by golf. I can understand, even though I don't share the feeling, I understand why they feel that way. Other people love knitting. I'm rubbish at knitting. I get in a right mess and I'm too impatient. But again, even though it's not for me, I understand it. I understand what some people get out of it. I am all for whatever gets you through the night and do what makes you happy. But I just don't get, I don't get it. Why anyone would think a great family day out involves, oh, let's go and do some killing. Now, maybe you love it. Maybe you're listening to this going, I love hunting. But you know, you don't need to try and convince me on this one. It's just not in my DNA. If killing is something that makes you happy, it's literally a free country, as all those NRA t-shirts say. We actually have a family Zoom call every Sunday and it might have been the greatest opening line of all time when the nine-year-old saw everyone appear on the screen and piped up, Nanny, Grandad, we went to a shop and it was really traumatic. (laughs) You don't get that down, Asda's, eh? I'll see you in the desert. (laughs) 